They're going to talk about digital currencies on the 65 now? Okay, oh, my so God. 65 is changing on June 12th. They're going to add some things and tweak things and lower the score, which we all knew about. If you're studying, you know, like, should I take it before the 12th or after? Don't worry about it. If you take it after the 12th, it's not that big a difference, and the score is a little lower. I don't know that it's harder. I am meeting with them this week, so maybe I can get a little more feedback. But I really want to talk about the one thing they're adding that everyone's worried about, digital currencies, okay? So digital assets is the better term for it. So we're going to get very high level just to understand what it is, what you need for the test. If you guys are really good at this shit, don't come at me, please, because I'm just trying to make it so people can understand what they are and not freak about the exam. But you have to kind of know before we start that a digital asset is just like a non-physical thing. It's rep represented on a, they call it based on a ledger. So that ledger is called the blockchain. So let's, this is going to be a very basic understanding of it, but understand how the blockchain works. So a little bit, here's this pen. I bought it from John. Okay. So now on this thing, it says, we do verify that it says Ken owns it now. John owned it before. Then if Ken sells it to Mike, then it goes, Mike owned it before, after Ken, which is after John. And then all the transactions since it's been created have been tracked. So it can't be altered. You can't change this. And that's what miners do. They're verifying this, right? And they give them a little reward. So a miner will verify the transaction and they will get a little tiny reward of like a Bitcoin or some sort of coin as a reward for this. And that's what they call by mining. So they're just verifying the transaction. So if I do a transaction, it's going to have to be verified that Mike, Ken, John's names are all on there, and it's the same thing. It's kind of very secure because you can't alter it. You can't go, oh, I created a new one. Well, where's the record? It has to have a record attached to it. And there are people running these computer programs that track it. So that's what blockchain technology is. And I do think no matter what, whatever happens to this up, that is absolutely going to be the future. But it, the future, it's already now. But the point is that people, banks are taking it over because it becomes very secure that, yeah, I guess there can be a hack some sort of, but the point is the actual asset has a track record of who owned it. And that's why NFTs were kind of big for a while. We'll get into it. So when I say ledger, that's what I'm talking about. The ledger is a list of all the past owners and all the transactions that have happened since it started. And that's what they're tracking. And that's what blockchain, blockchain technology does. Okay. So now that we sort of have a basic understanding of what's behind these things, Let's actually dig into each one. Again, this is for the 65 and the 66 and the licensing exams. This is not to learn how to trade it. If you want to do that, there's a million places to go to get that stuff. Also, do not come at me because I'm explaining it in a way that works for the exam, not for trading. Okay, so all you guys are like so into it. My wife would kill me for this. She trades this shit. So it's I'm doing it on a very basic level that helps explain it so you can answer the exam questions. So we have to talk about the differences. There's fiat currency and then cryptocurrency or whatever you want to call it, convertible virtual currency. So a fiat currency is like, you know, these the dollar, the pound, the yuan, the yen. These are actually accepted as legal tender by the governments. And they're not, they're not attached to a commodity like gold or silver or anything like that. It's just the value of that currency is based on how we feel about the government. So right now, I mean, the, the dollar goes strong, but the U.S. is pretty strong, but then it can get weak depending on that. So that's going to matter. And that's based, that's kind of not pegged, but targeted with the trust of that country. Then we have cryptocurrency or cryptocurrency or what they call convertible virtual currency. It's not really attached to anything, but it is convertible into, or it acts as a substitute for real currency. And there's value based on it. There's value based on what people think about it at the time. It, it changes. The problem with these, the, these, these cryptocurrencies is that they're very volatile. And yes, you can make a lot of money on it, but 
you can't sometimes you buy like you buy the meme ones and stuff like that and they're very volatile exchanges have gone bankrupt there's been hacks and stuff like that so there's a lot of risk for this so on this exam you have to understand that with the cryptocurrency only speculative or uh, sophisticated investors should really be given this now they're not saying you can't suggest this or recommend it or buy them for your customer but make sure they're very suitable they're not securities yet, depending. Some are, but let's not get into that. Some of them are considered securities by the SEC. And remember, the regul regulators are still trying to figure out. They're still fighting over what it is. I mean, with all the stuff going on with, um, what's his name? The guy with the three names, and he lost billions of dollars. The exchange, I can't remember what it was. F something. Um, he, The SEC and, and, and the F at Futures Association are kind of fighting over who's going to regulate it. So again, cryptocurrency is a digital asset. It's not really touchable, but it's a virtual currency and its value is based on what people think about it is. So it's very, very volatile. Then we have what they call stable coins. These are less volatile, same idea, but they're pegged to the dollar or gold or a coin or something else. They're actually pegged to something. So their value will go up and down based on the commodity or the dollar that they're using. Like there are certain ones like Tether, I think is attached, is pegged to the US dollar. And the stable coins actually keep a reserve of the collateral, whether it's the dollar or the gold or whatever collateral they're using, they actually keep a reserve of that for the currency. So they're, they're again, that's why they're called stable coins. They're less volatile because they're attached to something else. Like even a fiat currency, which we now know is a dollar, you know, yen, yuan, stuff like that, the pound. So they may actually own those. They will own a reserve of those currencies or commodities or whatever as backing for this stable coin. So like Bitcoin can go up from like 5,000 to 60 grand and then drop in half within a year. Stable coins really won't do that. So the point is they're much more stable, but the regulators are really cracking down on them to make sure that they're actually saying what they're doing. And the, the reserves are actually auditing the custodians where the actually currencies and stuff are being held. So they're, they're, all this stuff is getting more and more regulated. It's a little chaotic. And this is the time when you can make a lot of money or lose a lot. So we got to be careful here and make sure they're not just throwing shit at the meme stocks, the meme, the meme um, uh, currencies, right? Those are more state steady. Now there's non-fungible tokens. That's everyone. Cause like, Oh, they were such big for a while and they'll be around. But if you think about it, you have to know what fungible means. So like, Fungible means it's replaceable. So if I give you a dollar and then a week later you give me a different dollar, it's literally the same thing. Or if I give you a share of IBM and then a week later you give me a different share of IBM back, that's fine. They're the same. So that's called fungible, that they're replaceable, exchangeable. Like one doesn't mean more than the other. Okay. So that, but non fungible token means irreplaceable. It's not replaceable. So if I do draw a piece of art and then I put it as an NFT, there's a blockchain attached to it. Remember, the blockchain tracks the transactions, right? So it's not replaceable. Yes, you can screenshot it, but it's not the same thing. It's actually a digital, it's on a digital platform and it cannot be replaced, okay? So what happens is, is that they have a blockchain. So let's say I do it a drawing and I make it an NFT, whatever. Now, if I sell that to someone, it says Ken sold it to John. And then if John sells it to Mary, it goes, John sold it to Mary. So then Mary's name's on it, John and me. So it, sell, it uses the blockchain to verify it's originality and it's not replaceable. They can make more than one, but like when you did the apes or whatever, if you saw on one of the one of the websites, they have the digital apes where they make them and they make like 30 of them or a hundred of them and you can buy them and you can trade them, but, and their value is based on what people think they're worth. It's just like art, right? I mean, really like a Monet 
is worth something because people think it's worth something. It's a piece of paper with, with ink on it, right? But there's value on it. There's talent. So it's the same thing. That's what an NFT is. People are still wrapping their heads around it. it was, again, it was a big blow up and then it came back down to earth. And maybe they'll still be around. Maybe they're good. Maybe they won't be. But they will be addressed on the test. So fungible means replaceable. Non-fungible means not replaceable like it's an original, okay? And it's tracked by the blockchain so that you will always know the transaction. What's interesting, what they told me about NFTs was that if you make one and then you sell it and then they sell it, you, you actually get a little piece back. Every time it's sold, you get a little piece of that, which is interesting. So you can sell your art and it's still getting paid on it even after you sell it once. Unlike when, it, like, say, Picasso sold the painting, it's gone. He's not getting a piece of it. But in this case, they would. And everyone jokes about, oh, I just made an NFT by screenshotting it. It's not literally the same asset because there's no blockchain behind it. You can verify authenticity. Okay, so the thing here is that on the exam, they're going to talk about these things. It's not going to be a deep dive. It's to understand that they're risky. They're speculative. People lose bankruptcy. They lose money from bankruptcy. All that stuff. You have to know that they're risky and speculative and only sophisticated investors should do it. There is no rule that you can't put crypto or NFTs or any of the digital assets in someone's portfolio if you think it's suitable. That's the thing. On this exam... They're gonna, it's always about what's suitable. They used to have these legal lists in the 90s where they said, oh, these are only the secure. Each state had a list of securities that you could put a, a custodian account in. And they said, no, wait a second, that's dumb. Okay. So now they said you can you literally use futures, forwards, whatever it is, if it's suitable. So now digital assets fall in that. And things will change over time. But for right now, for this exam, this should be what you need to know about digital assets for the Series 65 and possibly the 66 and at some point the 7. Thank you very much. Please check me out every Tuesday and Thursday night on YouTube, every Tuesday and Thursday night, 8.30 p.m. I do a free live Q&A on any of these exams. If you want to talk about it more, I'm happy to jump on it. But I'm not a digital trader. My wife's better at this than I am.